Happy Friday, Story Fam. I don't know about you, but I am enjoying this week much more than I enjoyed last week. Sincerely, though, I hope you're all recovering well from last week's winter storm and the power crisis. I know we have many people in our community who are displaced or worse after the, the, the events of last week. If you know of anyone who needs assistance right away, or if you'd like to provide direct assistance to other Texans in need, I would ask that you visit thestory.church slash relief, thestory.church slash relief to find out more information about what your church is doing in the aftermath of last week. And now for this week's reflection. I think it's time that we talk seriously about the epidemic that no one's talking about, the burnout epidemic. The Library of Medicine defines burnout as a state of physical or mental collapse caused by overwork or overstress. Psychiatrists first began diagnosing burnout in the 70s and 80s, and it was originally thought to be a work-specific syndrome. But more recently, studies have shown that anyone can experience the effects of burnout, including students, children, stay-at-home parents, and retirees. It's not about how stressful a job you have. It's about whether that job or that degree or your performance as a mother or that romantic relationship or anything else really is more important to you than God. You don't need a job to get burned out. All you really need is an idol. Here's what experts are learning about burnout. About 25% of Americans suffer with burnout at any given time. Burnout manifests itself exactly the way depression does. Physical and emotional fatigue, irritability, and mental gridlock. Sometimes clinicians can't even tell the difference between depression and burnout because the symptoms are so similar. Over 90% of burnout patients are every bit as depressed as people with clinical depression. Certain kinds of people tend to struggle more with burnout than the general population. For example, millennials are the most stressed out generation ever, according to the most recent available data. Working moms take more antidepressants than every other demographic group does, except, except for stay-at-home moms, 40% of whom are on some kind of anxiety or depression medication. Half of all physicians and lawyers say they're burned out. Teachers also experience high levels of burnout. People who work over 60 hours a week do as well. All that to say, if I had to guess, I would say that millennials, mothers, doctors, lawyers, teachers, overachievers, and workaholics probably make up between 80 to 100% of our congregation at the Story Church. So we need to talk and pray and think about burnout. Burnout isn't a new problem. It's actually, I think, found throughout the scriptures. And the Bible identifies this condition we call burnout as a spiritual syndrome. More specifically, the Bible suggests that burnout is the result of a deficit of discipline. Whenever people confuse purpose with production, discipline gives way to disorder. And I'll say that again. Whenever people confuse purpose with production, discipline get, gives way to disorder. We want certain things out of life, most of us, but we don't want to live with the discipline that's required to get those things. And just side note, by discipline, I don't mean, you know, um, 
punishment. By discipline, I mean a rigorous and, um, uh, I guess, self-controlled way of life where you, by discipline, say no to many things so that you can say yes to the few things that really matter. That's what the Bible means with discipline or self-discipline. Now, we all want certain things, but many of those things can only be attained through discipline. We want to feel peace of mind, for example, without doing the disciplined spiritual work that real peace of mind would require of us. We want intelligence without study, wisdom without humility, purity without modesty, depth without reflection, confidence without humility and self-esteem without self-examination. We want all the benefits that come from a relationship with God, but without all the sacrifices required by a real relationship. We all want the best things in life, but all the best things come through self-discipline. And so it is with our souls. When we're able to keep our priorities straight, and we keep things simple by saying yes to a few things and saying no to many others, our souls can thrive. But when our lives become too cluttered and complicated for lack of discipline, the result is often burnout. In the Christian worldview, if we refuse or fail to discipline ourselves, God might try to do it for us. In the Old Testament, God often disciplined his people through the prophets. The Hebrew prophets didn't just predict the future, they told the truth about the present. The prophet Ezekiel, for example, scolded the people of God for living just like everybody else was living. They were called to be set apart, but they were doing exactly what everyone else was doing. They were worshiping many gods, just like everybody else, not taking care of the poor and the orphan and the widow, just like everybody else, having sex however they wanted, just like everybody else. God had given them a higher purpose and calling, and they burned out due to their deficit of discipline. In Ezekiel chapter 15, God said to Ezekiel, if the wood of a vine was not useful for anything when it was whole, in other words, you can't use the wood from a vine to build things or to hang something on, it's too flimsy, that's what God's saying here. Then he says, how much less can it be made into something useful once the fire has burned it and it is charred? Therefore, this is what the sovereign Lord says. As I have given the wood of the vine among the trees of the forest as fuel for the fire, so will I treat the people living in Jerusalem. I will set my face against them. Although they have come out of the fire, the fire will yet consume them. And when I set my face against them, you will know that I am the Lord. I will make the land desolate because they've been unfaithful, declares the sovereign Lord. Now, this is obviously a hard teaching, the kind of teaching that makes the Old Testament so difficult for so many. But in the Bible, the vine was a common analogy meant to represent the people of God. And Ezekiel's point here is that a vine has only one purpose, to bear fruit. And if you're a vine growing out of God, you bear the fruit of God. Outside of bearing fruit, a vine was useless to the people of God. Now, you couldn't build anything with it or hang anything on it. The only function of a vine is to grow and be fruitful. So God was saying that his people had failed to fulfill their only purpose because they had tried to do things they were not made to do. But God never reacts to our sin 
with the purpose of just tearing us down. His purpose is always to build his people up again. The book of Ezekiel is one of the hardest, most brutal books to read in the Bible. God often seems angry and harsh, but even in Ezekiel, the most repeated phrase is, then you'll know that I'm the Lord. Then you'll know that I'm the Lord. Then you will know that I'm the Lord. God repeats this phrase over 60 times in the book of Ezekiel, which really gives us a sense of how desperate God is for us to know him and to trust him, to rely on him as the Lord of our lives. Jesus channeled Ezekiel's message at times, like in John chapter 15, where Jesus said, I'm the true vine and my father's the gardener and you are the branches of the vine. If you remain in me and I in you, you'll bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. He's saying the same thing as Ezekiel. Without this relationship, this connection, without me as your Lord, the source of your sustenance and your significance, you'll burn out. You keep chasing affirmation and affection and affiliation elsewhere, but that's not what you're here for. God made you to live and bear good fruit in the world. And we know we've learned by now, if we live for anything else, we'll burn out. Now, if burnout has ever been a problem for you, you may have chalked it up to your demanding job or your low pay or your high stress or your inattentive spouse or your small children. And those are all contributing factors, I suppose. But burnout begins with spiritual blindness brought on by a deficit of discipline. There's no better time than the season of Lent, the season we're in right now, to begin living a more disciplined life, abiding in Jesus. All the experts say that it takes at least a month to break old habits and create new ones. And right now, as of today, we've got a little over a month until Easter Sunday, which is April 4th. So I'll ask you a question. What are the idolatrous habits, patterns, and thought processes that need to die between now and Easter? And how do you plan to say no to your idols of old and say yes to Jesus as your Lord? Here are a few ideas to get you started. First, Spend some time reading about the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5, in Jesus' Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapters 5, 6, and 7, looking for key words and phrases that describe the Christian life. Second, be honest with yourself and confess to God about the idols that you've been chasing. This could be anything, a job or career, a romantic relationship, an addiction, a hobby, excessive travel or excessive entertainment, or even over-parenting, our kids can become idols if we're not careful. Whatever or whomever is more important to you than God, that's your idol. Now, if you're feeling burned out these days, and if God feels especially distant to you right now, understand that God wants to build you up, not tear you down. So this is the third thing I want to suggest. Know that he is the one who made you choose to believe that he knows you better than you know yourself. God knows you were made to live a meaningful, fruitful life under his lordship. And so let God be the Lord of your life and you'll thrive and you'll avoid this nasty thing called burnout. That's what I want for you. But more importantly, that's what God wants for you. Hope you have a good weekend, everyone. We'll see you Sunday in person or online at the Story Church. 
Love you guys. Bye.